fantasy football is just around the corner. And what better way to go into your fantasy drafts than with the fresh, newest, at FF Brit Ballers fantasy rankings for 2019. They're now available at www.fulltenyards.com. Go check them out and win your draft. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us here at the Full 10 Yards. Uh, just a quick note to say, uh, our, our very special guest today, Stompy, uh, we had some technical issues right at the end of his interview, just the last three minutes, uh, his microphone decided to fail us, uh, so we've done the best we could, uh, I had some, some secondary microphone picking his voice up, but uh, it's still there, so you just have to uh, push your earbuds in a little bit tighter for the last three minutes of the interview, um, but no, you've got a good show coming up right in front of you, uh, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? This is FF Stompy, your reigning Scott Fishbowl champion, and you are listening to the best podcast in the United Kingdom, the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everybody to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast, where every yard counts, but only if you play decimal scoring, of course. Hey, we've got a very special guest for you today. We're the, we've got the champ. The champ is here. Scott Fishbowl 8 champion, Stompy. How you doing, buddy? Reigning champion and soon to be back-to-back champ. So. Wow. Man, you talk some <laughs> shit. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you got stiff competition this year, my man, because the Brits are coming. We're in force. We're on. Uh, we're in the Scott Fish Bowl. There's a, quite a few of us this year. We've got. Uh, we've got our own. We've got our own Twitter group. So you know, we're coming up in force to take that crown off you. There's one thing we want, and that is to bring that belt over to the UK. <laughs> I'm. I'm surprised you guys even know what American football is. Isn't that like second fiddle to you guys over there? Uh, to to most people, but you know what it is. It is getting big, bigger and better, and you can see it yourself when you see the international series yeah, right in London. Yep. Uh, we're sold out. It's getting bigger. It's getting better, and there's more and more people playing fantasy, which is is what we want to see. So this is why we've got you on the show as well, Stompy, because you know we want to hear we want to hear from the best. And you you claimed it last year. You are the best, so <laughs> that's why you are here. Uh, what are you thinking about this year? Then you you genuinely think you can get back to back titles here? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> listen, I already beat 899 people. I don't understand how, why 1199 people is that much worse. So I'm the best there is. I'm the best there ever will be. So, uh, let's, let's start, let's get the elephant out of the room. Start with, uh, let's talk about this video, buddy. Uh, a couple of months ago, my Twitter feed was alight with, with <laughs> a taunting video. Mm-hmm. Take, take me through what happened here. Well, uh, so when I got the belt for winning last year, I was like, you know, at some point I'm just going to have to play this up and be the, <laughs> and, and for you wrestling fans out there, the, the heel, I'm going to make a full heel turn here. And I thought, well, I got the belt. I may as well just make it as ridiculous as possible and get like a wrestling singlet and, <laughs> yeah. and just go for it and just start talking, making one of those, um, WWE promos and went from there. Now, some of the. Uh, choices the artistic choices were made by my girlfriend so don't blame me for that (laughs) she was the one that decided that she wanted to zoom out from my (laughs) my crotch so blame her for that that was just 
absolutely epic. Uh, I mean that. I mean that's a talk of the summer, right? Because the off season gets boring. You know, it yep. does. You know, we have there's so much to talk about, but it's in drips and drabs. But having something like that is really refreshing because you know that's when. I think that's one of the moments that I turned around and went, right, here we go. Fantasy is back. And, uh, yeah, so you got quite a good response from that. In particular, yeah. one of my old writers, actually, Tyler Belorski, uh, he, he responded in kind and has now been called the pen guy. Uh, did you take much from that? Did you, did you respond to him? Did you see what he did? I, I did. Um, I, I just think it's fantastic that people wanted to get involved after I did. Um, yeah. And he, I believe he was the first video, video in response, and there was a lot more after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think it just made it a lot more fun this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I was debating doing one myself, but, you know, I'm... I just didn't have the time, and it's too original for me. I enjoyed watching them, though. It was so, it was so, so good. Uh, it was a good bit of banter for the off season. Okay, without further ado, let's um, let's head into some news, Stompy. Okay, first up on the docket, it's uh, it's not going to be too much news tonight because we did talk a lot last week on the podcast. Um, there was a fair bit of news there, so it's just a couple of things just to sort of gloss over, really. And the the big two sort of storylines this off season. Uh, developing, especially fantasy-wise, is, is obviously the, the Melvin Gordon saga and the Zeke saga. Uh, Stompy, I just wanted to get your kind of opinion on those two guys. Like, do you think they're going to hold out for an extended period of time? Do you think one will, one won't? What, what's, your th- what's your thinking here? Well, uh, I thought only Gordon was going mm-hmm. to be an extended holdout. Um, it sounded like the Chargers offered him $10 million. He turned yep. that down, and it seems like it it could go through the season, um, especially because he becomes a free agent after this season. Yeah, uh, and and I really think that it would be uh, dumb of the Chargers not to try and trade him if they're not going to offer more. Um, so I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised for him to let's be say be traded to Houston, who has a lot of cap space, yep. and they sign him. But if he stays with the Chargers. He's not playing this season, I don't believe. No, I think- Zeke, I, I mean, on the other hand, that that one's interesting because, I mean, I think it was either yesterday or a couple of days before that, a tweet came out or news came out that he, in, he said he intended not to play this season in January if he didn't get an extension. And it's interesting because he – so the way the CBA um, – works is that veterans have to accrue a full four years yep yep and uh, in order to become a free agent uh the following season and zeke well he's now surpassed his deadline because in order to accrue a full four years he had to report on the sixth yeah so they have the rights to him uh for the foreseeable future so i don't necessarily know how that's going to go but it seems like if he doesn't get an extension, and I can't imagine they're not going to give him an extension, but if he doesn't get an extension, he's willing to sit out as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I said last week on the podcast that my worry level was kind of at 1 out of 10 for Zeke. Uh, I mean, I... I needed it to be one out of ten because I I got Zeke in the in the Scott Fish Bowl. I've got Zeke in the UK Podcasters League. I've got Zeke in our full ten yard staff league. So I've got a lot of stock in Zeke. I've also got the one hundred one pick coming up in my main home league draft. So you know I I have been siding with Zeke. He's been my number one the whole off season. But I will just say that my 
scare level has probably gone from one up to maybe a, a three to four right now because he's missed that deadline. But now he he kind of I I don't really I need to really dig into this and read more. But uh, I think I'm going off what some of the fo- fantasy footballers said uh, yesterday on their show that it was um, Zeke can now choose to not play like a holdout until week 10 or something like this. Uh, I need to dig a bit more deeper and I promise you on the next podcast we'll ha- I'll have a bit more sort of set in stone on the on the Zeke news. Uh, but just to let you know guys, my my worry has gone from 1 out of 10 to about 3 out of 10 for Zeke not playing this year. I still think though that Zeke gets a, uh, that Jerry Jones gets a, a deal done with Zeke. Yep. I, th- I think he's going to be there week one. And I think this is all going to be a panic for now, really. But um, yeah, Melvin Gordon, a different story. I think he holds out until week 10. Um, I don't think he gets traded. Um, I think Houston is a viable landing spot, but they have come out and said that they're not interested. But we know NFL teams and owners don't always speak the truth. So it wouldn't shock me if that was to happen um, before the season starts. But yeah, as things stand, I think he stays as a charger. I think he he holds out until week 10 when he has to come back. um, And then after that, we'll see. So he's going to start falling down in, in draft boards. Uh, let's move on from these two, Stompy. Let's talk uh, just one piece of injury news today. Um, my very own Indianapolis Colts. We've got Andrew Luck again uh, coming back off the offseason with uh, an injury with kind of question marks on his availability throughout the preseason. Any worry from you for Andrew Luck or do you think he'll be ready for week one? Uh, I think they're just being overly precautious. I, yeah. He's not – I mean – He's going to be ready. It's the same offense they had last year. He was successful in it last season. I, I think the whole, and, and the, I don't know how many of your listeners watch the NBA, but the whole thing with Kevin Durant coming back too much sure. too early on a calf strain and yep. rupturing it his Achilles, I think has scared a few people. Yeah, um, definitely. I know Tennessee are, and Derrick Henry have the same thing going on. Uh, so I think they're just being overly precautious. And, I mean, I don't think – Andrew Luck needs to be out there playing like he knows what's going on with this offense. And I mean, how many games was he really going to play this uh, offseason or this uh, preseason anyway? So yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about it one bit. He'll be ready to go by uh, season one or week one. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think that. Obviously, 2017 was a very haunting year for an Indianapolis fan. Um, you know, when Andrew Luck was meant to be there week one, then he was meant to be there week four, then he was meant to be there week six, and then he was on IR for the whole season, you know? So I think that does kind of bring back a few memories. But like you said, I think with the whole Kevin Durant thing, this exact thing happened, and then, yeah, the Achilles went. So I think, yeah, precaution is the best word for it. I think Andrew Luck will be fine. I think he'll be out there week one. Um mm. So yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Let's um, let's move on from the news, but we'll kind of keep the news in the in the background here because I want to talk about training camp just uh, for a little while. There's a lot of news coming out. If you've got the Sleeper app, you'll notice that it's going off very regularly uh, th- at this time of the season. That's because there's lots of news coming through from the teams: injuries, who's playing well, who's impressing coaches, who's not doing so well, who's on rehab fields, etc., etc. Stompy, is there any of this training camp news slash coach fluff that you're buying into? Uh, anything in particular? Anything that interests you at all? I mean, it, it really depends on what they're saying. So if it's something like, oh, this guy's looking great. This guy's yeah. looking like uh, like 
he's in the best shape he's ever been in. That stuff, I'm like, I don't really pay attention. But if it's things like, oh, he's been taking most of his snaps with the first team or this guy has been lining up across uh, whatever a team's wide receiver one is as a wide receiver two, that's the stuff I'm paying yeah. attention to because that's what matters. So, yeah. for instance, guys like – Zay Jones and, and Buffalo has been exclusively uh, taking first team snaps. That's interesting to me because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were down on Zay Jones, especially with Cole Beasley coming in, especially with John Brown coming in. But it seems like Zay Jones might be a starting wide receiver for the Bills. I don't know what that means necessarily for the Bills and Josh Allen because let's be real, Josh Allen can't throw the ball for his life. But um, it's just, it's still interesting. Another one. I'm a Broncos fan uh, and. Beat reporters are saying that Jawan Winfrey, the guy who uh, caught the game-winning touchdown mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame game, has been lining up as a wide receiver too. And I think a lot of people thought that'd be Dejon Watson. Well, he's he's been um, more a slot receiver. Uh, a lot of people are high on Emmanuel Sanders, and I can get into that um, on a rant for the, that or Achilles injuries all day, but I, I don't believe in Emmanuel Sanders this season, but Jawan Winfrey's sure. a, an interesting guy this season, late round pick this season. Cause it seems like he's lining up as a wide receiver too there. So it's things like that. It's not necessarily, Oh, a guy's like anecdotal subjective evidence. A guy's looking great uh, this off season. It's where's he lining up? Is he taking the first team snaps? That's the stuff that I'm paying attention to. Do you pay attention to? I've just grabbed. A, I'm just flicking through sleeper now. I've just grabbed one that just stood out to me. Uh, a story that came out yesterday looks like the Bears are using Cordarrelle Patterson as a running back, like he was used last season. He looks really fast. That's that's just fluff, right? Because you've got Absolutely. you've got David Montgomery, you've got um, Tariq Cohen, and uh, uh, Mike Davis. Right? They're the three guys. Right. This this means nothing. I mean, and that's the other thing is you have to take context into it too. They have three very capable running backs ahead of Cordero Patterson. He's going to be more of a Tavon Austin type, you know, like yep. get him in some weird gadget plays. But other than that, you have a pass catcher in Tariq Cohen, and then you have two what could amount to three down backs in David Montgomery and Mike Davis. There's no reason that Cordero Patterson will see the field above those three. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I think that, I take from from training camp it has happened today uh, the undrafted free agents that are getting a chance in training camp and there are a few of them there's a uh, wide receiver for the Patriots uh, Alex mm-hmm. Barnes at Tennessee uh, obviously the, the the second running back in Houston there's a couple of UDFAs who are who are available there uh, now I've looked on one of my dynasty leagues today and all I've seen is player has been added from waivers and it's all these yep. UDFAs now mm-hmm. I, I don't buy into these. I think they're okay. These guys are getting a chance, but on the flip side, you you might possibly get a Philip Lindsay or or a Robbie Anderson, Adam Thielen. These guys that were undrafted, it could be one of these that slips through the cracks. But is there any one of these um, undrafted free agents that are taking your eye in particular, or not really? I mean, so and I can't remember. It's Jacoby from New England, right? The, yeah, the wide um, receiver. I can't remember his name. But uh, I mean, Mayers, Jacoby Mayers. Yeah. So th- I, I think you should be paying attention to those because undrafted free agents that are making news like that, making beat reports like that, definitely yeah. pay attention. I mean, and really the guys that you're dropping for those guys that would take a hit were flyers in the first place. So it's not like you're dropping these 
guys that are going to be fantasy relevant for a, a flyer on an undrafted free agent, you know. Um, the other thing with uh, undrafted free agents is likely you're going to be either you're going to be taking them extremely late in drafts, and there's no reason not to. I mean, like I said, I you you could see and with with the news coming out that Nikhil Harry is um, having issues with drops in camp. Yep. And the Edelman injury, this guy, J- Jacoby Myers, is stepping up. Mm-hmm. And maybe he becomes something in that offense. Uh, another one, Demarie Crockett in Houston. After uh, Deontay Foreman was cut or waived, he's. I, I like Demarie Crockett because of what he did in college and, and what the skills he showed, plus some film guys have told me. And that's something you could tell yourself – a story that if Lamar Miller goes down, then they need another guy to step up. I don't think they're going to go with the group they have. I think they're going to sign somebody, but yeah, sure. you could still take a chance on Demaria Crockett. Um, so when it comes to undrafted free agents, pay attention because if they're making waves in camp, a la Adam Thielen, let's say in 2016, mm-hmm. they could become something sooner rather than later. Just don't take too much into it and start dropping – actual like good players that will produce it uh, in fantasy yeah. for these flyers that you have no idea what's going to happen yeah i mean yeah they're deep stashes aren't they they're they're guys that are, are flyers that you can stick on the end of your bench if you've got a spare spot and you know you never know it could go off it could be a philip Lindsay. um let's say the, the one guy that i have been very interested in and I've, I've brought him up on the podcast before is alex barnes from tennessee that's because i'm not a massive derrick henry fan uh, I, I'm not convinced Dion Lewis is a is a great runner of the ball. I think he's a good receiving back. I, I think there could be a slot for a guy who blew up the combine and is also having a very good training camp. Okay, he's not running much with the first team at the moment, but he's having good reports and he's getting noticed. This is the kind of thing that I'm picking up on. Um, so he's a guy that, that hit my wave wide. But on the, on the flip side, a guy last season, for example, Dylan Cantrell, wide receiver from uh, Chargers, um, he took my eye last year. He, he was injured. He ended up on the on the um, practice squad all season, and he's now been released. So it can go both ways. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and that's what it. I mean, a lot of people were taking Bruce Anderson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think that was probably everybody or most people's that favorite uh, undrafted free agent. But I haven't heard much out of camp about him. No. So yeah, I mean, there's guys that'll surprise you. There's guys that are going to disappoint as an, but I mean, what, what do you really expect from an undrafted free agent? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Then let's move away from the training camp. The fantasy drafts are literally just around the corner. They're going to start kicking off in what? Well, from now, I guess it's August. So the, uh, the last two weeks of August, first week of September is going to be full of fantasy drafts. Uh, so let's break down something that I wanted to talk to you about, which is draft strategy. Stompy, I, I want to know your favorite strategy and I want to know some pros and cons for other strategies out there. But you're on the board right now. Um, first of all, where's your favorite place to pick? And secondly, what's your favorite strategy to go with this year? Uh, generally, I like to pick in the middle of drafts because then you don't have to worry about runs. You don't have to worry about a, a, a guy being sniped nearly as much yep. that you would when you're picking on the corners because you have to wait 20 plus uh, picks. So five, six, seven, I really like. Really, I think four is probably the best this year because, well, and, and I <laughs> I say that now and Zeke yeah. is holding out, so I exactly, don't really yeah. know. 
Um, before I would say four would be the best because you get one of those top four running backs. Yeah. With Zeke now, I don't really know because um, that running back, the running back situation is kind of murky, especially on the top top end. But um, I, I'm still probably t- uh, looking in the this year. It's tough um, because I'm I like the. Uh, early running back strategy. I'm more of a pseudo zero wide receiver uh, strategy. Yep. I like to go, I like to stack up on or uh, stock up on uh, running backs early. Um, like this year in the SFB night, I went Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, uh, Devontae Freeman, and Chris Carson in four of the first six rounds. So yep. that tells you what I'm looking for. And that's probably what I'm going to be doing this year is running back, running back at least in the first and second. Um, and this year, I actually might like looking at the or take or sorry, picking at the back end of drafts of the first round because then you can stack on two of those, like we'll call them second tier, third tier running backs. So, like I mentioned, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb around that area, which I think are probably better value than say reaching for something like David Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell in the middle to late, late, um, first. So that's kind of been my strategy. Um, and then the other thing you could do, and and I don't know if I'll do this, but you could also go early, uh, first round tight end and go like running back tight end on the, um, that turn there. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives you an advantage at one position and you're not hurting yourself by getting a top end running back as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for me, I, I like you have been, an advocate of drafting kind of in the middle. Um, my home league is a 10-man league, but a lot of my other leagues are 12-man, so I've been happy going kind of the 5th, 6th, 7th pick for years, and I've done that, and I've had good success from it. But I've changed it up this year, and I must admit I, I have enjoyed the change because I've been drafting a lot from the first pick, um, first, second, or third pick. And like I said to you earlier, I've had three drafts already where I, I picked Zeke because he was then my, my number one running back. He still is, is providing his signs. Um, so and what I've been finding is, like you again, I, I've been drafting two to three running backs in my first three picks. Sometimes I've been going three running backs. And because on that turn, you'll find yourself a Mixon or a Cook. And then you're, you've also got then the beauty of uh, either grabbing two of them or going two running backs and then picking up a Mike Evans or mm-hmm. a T.Y. Hilton or Antonio Brown has dropped there a couple of times for me. So you can pick up two elite running backs and an elite wide receiver. And then when you come back to your third, fourth turn, you've got players like Devonta Freeman, who has been, he's been getting a bit, um, he hasn't been falling there so much recently, but certainly last month he was falling to me there. Or players like Kerryon Johnson, um, the the rookie from from the Raiders, he he's been falling to me there, and I like that pick. So there's there's plenty of for me going running back, running back, and sometimes even a third running back in there, depending on who's on the board, has been working because there's so much depth at wide receiver for mm-hmm. me this year. I mean, I've got guys like Dante Pettis and uh, uh, Cortland Sutton quite high, and uh, Jarvis Landry I think is going to have a good season just because I, I think he's going to be in a better situation now OBJ's taking off the top coverage so I'm happy with drafting these guys with as my sort of wide receiver ones and twos so I'm stacking up on them running backs early doors and I must admit 
I'm liking my mock drafts and I'm liking my real drafts. So that is kind yeah. of a, a different strategy that approach that I've taken this year, but it's really starting to pay off because I like it. Right. Um, and like, if you look at even like the guys that are going in the third and fourth round for running backs, you're still looking at guys like, like you said, Devonte Freeman, Marlon Mack, Derek Henry, mm-hmm. which you said you don't like, but I mean, all indications say that he's going to get a ton of volume. Mark Ingram. Yeah. I really like uh, Chris, Carson Chris Carson is probably going yeah, later yeah. than he should be. So yeah. really, if I'm looking at it, I'm not afraid to take four running backs in those first four rounds because when I look at the ADP of some of these wide receivers, like I'm comfortable with a Robert Woods. I'm comfortable with a Kenny Galladay. I'm comfortable with Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd. I'm even like DJ Moore as my wide receiver one because the way I view it, there are a lot of potential wide receiver twos going really late. Robbie Anderson in the sixth. Um, Dante Pettis in the sixth, uh, some of my favorite, um, later round guys, DD Westbrook in the back of the eighth or the yep. uh, beginning of the ninth, Curtis Samuel on the ninth, um, in the 10th, you can get like Kiki Kuti, um, later. And, and I could talk about Albert Wilson all day, but like, even in like the 14th, 15th, 16th, you can get a guy like Albert Wilson, which I think has a chance to be a wide receiver too. And really the only why, like you said, wide receiver is the deepest position in fantasy football right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe besides QB, but um, in, in running backs, it kind of falls off where like Philip Lindsay, you're kind of iffy about David Montgomery. I'm iffy about uh, James white. I think people are iffy about Sony. Michelle's got injury issues. Tariq Cohen probably sees a regression. I view it as got people, guys that you are comfortable starting as your wide res- or your running back twos kind of fall off. Um, yeah, sure. So that's why I like to hammer running back early. And if I can get like four running backs that I really like in those first four rounds and get somebody like, and I've done this, get Tyler Boyd as my wide receiver one, mm-hmm. I I am extremely happy with that. So I can get like Tyler Boyd and then um, I'm going to say a name that <laughs> I'm going to hate, but somebody like Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel is my wide receiver two or DD Westbrook. Like I'm feeling pretty good about my team to start yeah. the draft. Definitely. Now let's let's flip it. Obviously, we we both agree with each other on that point, but let, let's just flip it around per se and, and have a look at it the other way around. If you're drafting kind of seven, eight, nine, um, how about you do this and we pick up two wide receivers with the first two picks? You're going to get a, a Juju uh, or a Michael Thomas and a Mike Evans, Antonio Brown kind of thing. So if we start the first two rounds with those two guys. Knowing what we've just said, that you can pick up a Chris Carson, a Josh Jacobs, a Marlon Mack, maybe even a Leonard Fournette if he falls down a little bit further, uh, Aaron Jones, these guys, you can pick up two of those guys mm-hmm. in, this, in the third, fourth round. Would you be happy with that, or would you definitely 100% stick with the grabbing the RBs early? I think I'd be okay with it, but here's here's my issue with that, is those guys that are going in the third, fourth rounds, there's a reason they're going in the third, fourth rounds. Sure. I think Devontae Freeman can be a running back one this season based off of his past, but we also know that he's had soft tissue injury in his, injuries in his past. He's had concussions in his past. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very real um, concern that he gets injured and misses multiple games, and then that kind of derails you. Let's say he's your RB1. That kind of hurts you. Um, with Chris Carson – Again, I think he is probably one of the 
best runners in the game. And I think he's going to get plenty of volume, but he's also had injuries in each of his first two seasons. And he's got uh, Rashad Penny nipping at his heels who could take over in a, in a, in an instant. So he's got questions surrounding him. So that's, that's why like I would rather load up on running back early because then if I can say, let's, um, let's say I get a Joe Mixon who I know is the RB one there and I can get, I mean, Todd Gurley right now is going in the second, which is wild to me. But if I could get somehow get like Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, um, James Conner, Joe Mixon, Dalvin cook. I, those guys I think have the ceiling to be top five uh, running backs. And, and so you have two of those and then you can drop down. And if, any of those guys hurt you have these rb2s that are starters on your team that can step in but it's mm-hmm. the but if those running backs like Devonte freeman um and chris carson get hurt or miss time the guys that you're looking at as your rb2s and threes i don't love i mean do you really th- would you rather or, or sorry would you would you be happy with some of those guys that have a lot more questions stepping rather have those guys like Devontae Freeman and Chris Carson be the fill-ins for guys like Connor, Gurley, Joe Mason, Chubb. I'm just more comfortable with those guys that can be RB1s to step in for me. And then not to mention, like I said, you can win with a bunch of wide receivers too. So if you somehow got like Tyler Lockett, Tyler Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods is your wide receiver one, and then you've got a Mike Williams and Alshon Jeffrey and Robbie Anderson. Like, I feel a lot better about the wide receiver twos than I say, than I do like the RBs, three, fours, and so So, that's my issue. I would be okay with it on paper, but you have to take into account running back skaters hurt more often, more often than wide receivers, so I would rather have guys that can step in sure uh okay and stobby just before we uh we lose you here let's um let's just uh, let me just ask you this would you where are you comfortable drafting a tight end right now and a quarterback are you a, a late round quarterback guy uh sit and wait for your tight end or do you want to get them done nice and early um there's an argument to be made for early rounds earlier round tight ends i mean we talked about this heard it at this offseason top three tight ends in Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, those guys have a legitimate advantage over the rest of the tight end position this year. But I'm more of a guy that likes to take later round tight ends that have a chance to be a tight end one because I think the difference for me is the importance of the tight end position. And I would rather have and wide receivers and tight ends only. But if I can get um, Mark Andrews late, um, he, he, I think, could step up and be a tight end one this season. Even guys like, even rookies like Noah Fong, I think, can be a tight end one this season. Uh, Delaney Walker's going late. Um, he could probably be a tight end one. It's basically tell yourself a story. And again, I would, at the draft capital that you need to get guys like Kelsey. Kittle, I can get, like we talked about, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Um, I can get high end running backs, and I'm going to feel more comfortable with the team having high end running backs versus that one team. Sure. 
terms of QB, I've been hammering home on Lamar Jackson this offseason. I think there's been a lot of drama that's going on this offseason in terms of what Lamar Jackson can do in fantasy football and his abilities as a passer. And so I view him as a, he can be a top 10 QB, no problem. You're getting him extremely so that's a guy I, I'm aiming for redraft this season, but you can get guys like Stevens, um, Matthew Stafford, who I think is due for a bounce back. I'm always going to be laying on Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, the one I add into the mix all the time is 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 Jared Goff, because um, you know he's got three outstanding wide receivers and an elite. Elite running back, so you know Jared Goff is always going to be there or thereabouts late on in drafts, uh, and could be a, a top ten quarterback for sure. Um, that just about sums this podcast up, Stompy. We are we are done. We have we have discussed a hell of a lot within this sort of thirty odd minutes here. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on, my man. And all I'm going to say is to you, good luck for the Scott Fishbowl 9. Um, the Brits are coming, so watch your back, because we're after that belt, my man. I am unafraid. <laughs> this is like the Revolutionary War 2. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. Uh, we will definitely call it that. Hey, man, we'll. Uh, I'll catch up with you again later in the season, I feel for sure. Appreciate you having me. Thank you, my man. Take care. Uh, such a shame that the last three minutes there uh, we had a technical issue but uh, if you didn't hear what he was saying basically I asked Stompy uh, where he's comfortable taking a tight end uh, whether he likes to go early or late and it, uh, and same with quarterback uh, and he's with the consensus of us uh, fantasy analysts he, he sort of says yeah late round quarterback uh, and you can pick up a value tight end uh, someone like Noah Fant he said or Noah Fant he said uh, which is fantastic it's like a posh version of Noah Fant um, and yeah quarterbacks like Mitch Trubisky and that sort of thing you can get later on in drafts and they're going to be fantasy relevant they're going to be probably a top 12 quarterback so so you know why drive why draft a a quarterback early when there's so much value left on the board at the running back and wide receiver positions but no big thanks to ff stompy Uh, obviously he's not going to be a back-to-back scott fishbowl champion i've I've got a really good feeling that it's going to be a brit to bring the belt back uh over well not back but bring the belt to this country uh who knows could it be me well i i love my team put it that way i have got zeke though so uh we'd have to see how that one uh goes but thanks so much for for stompy to coming in uh, to, to the show today you can find him on twitter at ff stompy uh he is the and you could well you can find his stuff everywhere but he is a writer and editor for ff statistics uh co-host of the dining dining diagnostic the dino diagnostic podcast the turn two podcast and the Superflex show uh he he is a popular man in these quarters so it's well worth going to to follow him on twitter Uh, and also like i alluded to at the beginning of this show go check that video out his his kind of uh his entrance music if you like to the uh to the scott fishbowl he's taunting everyone to come at him and uh, certainly people did you'll lose an hour loop uh, a rabbit hole on twitter if you if you go uh check that out um go check me out as well for at ff brit baller on twitter the show is at f10y fantasy and obviously the main guys as well the the full at full 10 yards where you can find everything to do with our uh, ever-growing community 
and uh, the website is, is taking off. Just a quick plug there with, you know, fantasy football, as we know, is coming into the season. Uh, the college stuff is, is flying out at the moment. Uh, Lee is doing a terrific job uh, heading up the, 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 the college department. Uh, I was with him, joined I joined him on a podcast last week, our first inaugural uh, college podcast. It went really well. We had some really good feedback. So if, you, if you've got a slight interest in college football, then do go check that out, um, if I may say so myself. And also, Tim's doing a sterling job with the Britball uh, most recently, he spoke to one of the ladies who's representing uh, Team GB in uh, in the Euros, I believe it is, the um, the American Football Euros. Not quite sure. Uh, go check it out. You'll have a lot more better information than what I just gave you there. Uh, but that was also a good podcast. I caught that today as well. So, yeah, there's so much stuff going on on the website, www.fall10yards.com. Look, this is the one place you want to be coming to get all of your NFL goodness. Um, yeah, check us out. And, and leave us a review. Uh, tell us how we're getting on uh, we'd love to hear from you but that's it I'm waffling once again I will leave you all to it uh, yeah as Lee would say stay classy but did he say stay classy no see you on the other side that's what he says see you on the other side and in the great words of Kevin Cato bye bye for now Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.